Hello and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.iamwomanproject.com.au. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Am Woman Project and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have the beautiful, soulful guide, Paula Shaw, with over 10 years experience in working with individuals from all walks of life. Paula Shaw now finds it completely natural to be dedicating her life to being available for others. Paula's intention is to guide people to real happiness and peace. The tools used during a soul session to gather all the required information from your past, present and future includes deep levels of intuition, working with the tarot, astrology, numerology, connecting with ancestors and very clear, precise and psychic insights in guiding individuals. Paula shares how she feels there are certain events that almost seem inevitable in our lives. However, we can have a massive impact on how these events manifest and how we experience them rather than sitting back waiting for some inevitable future to arrive. So tune in, channel your energy into this soulful conversation. So, Paula, welcome to the show. Hi, Catherine. Thank you for having me. And that's okay. I thought we'd better get started and uh, start recording our conversation because it's kind of flowing nicely already. So I thought we'll just go with that. We'll go with the energy and see where it takes us. And so um, as we were speaking, I'd like to introduce you as a soulful guide. But maybe for the listeners, maybe explain a little bit about what you do and how you got into it. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, um, how I got into it just quickly was it was never my, you know, my plan was to not, was definitely never to be working with the tarot and with astrology the way that I do. I actually was studying to be a psychologist and was trying to be really normal <laughs> and and uh, it didn't quite work out that way. So I've I've found myself in this work. So when I sit with a client, I always tell them in the beginning that one of my main intentions when I sit with people is to help them find peace and happiness. And I know that can sound like, you know, the dream of a five-year-old and it sounds really idealistic, but that ultimately is where I come from. And so when I sit with somebody, I will use the tarot, which is, you know, a, a fantastic old mysterious tool but for me it's quite a practical tool that I use to help people and I also work with astrology um, namely uh, mainly the uh, astrology that I work with is called shamanic astrology which is 
a really beautiful way of looking at the soul and its journey um, from, you know, previous lives to this life and to the future life. Whether people believe in that or not is irrelevant. It's actually a really powerful tool to help people check in how much they're actually living their true highest maximum potential in this life and, and to help them steer back towards that or to give them more momentum in that direction if needed. So, yeah, so working with those tools, it's super esoteric. It's it's a bit of a tough one when I meet people and they say, what do you do? And it's so hard to describe it in words because, you know, we still live in a time where these tools are seen as magic or witchcraft and, you know, or not reliable tools, and they really, really are. And I have to say, I was really excited about getting you on the show because I've actually experienced your energy and your, I guess your, you know, your guide, your guidance. And I think that, you know, maybe once upon a time, and I remember in one of a, another podcast interview, we were talking about, you know, twenty five years ago when we were doing all that kind of stuff, working with crystals, energies, astrology. Uh, you know, maybe it looked it was looked upon as you know a little bit esoteric. But I think now more and more with evolution, people are becoming more open and accepting mm. to that and like I think you're amazing when you tap into somebody's uh, energy whatever tools you use is pretty just you know I know from my own experience uh, and I highly recommend to, to the listeners to uh to check Paula out because it was it was I felt like Paula gave me the information I did it I that I that I needed to receive and I felt like I was like hit over a head, over my head actually, with a fry pan. So it was just exactly what I needed to hear. It wasn't, and if you see Paula, and that's the other thing, what we were speaking about was Paula's not one of these women that she's got crystals everywhere and, you know, she's quite a normal, um, you know, normally, normal, I guess normally you would expect someone to look about, you know, but in a particular way. Do you agree, Paula? Yeah, there's a there's definitely a stereotype of um, a middle aged lady wearing purple silk and having a big amethyst and you know this etheric sort of demeanor and it's like yeah for me the whole thing is it's really normal these tools are really practical and you know I'm starting to see that we're missing such a big chunk of what's necessary to live a really full life which is we'll call it the esoteric or the spiritual realm or the psychic realm and we all know and I know the listeners here would already be connecting with their intuition and knowing that that it's a really practical tool like to survive the current world that we live in we can't ignore these factors that there are such things as psychic energy well yes influences in our lives and you know it's I agree with you Catherine people are starting to really really get it so, yeah, I believe that it's practical. Yeah, and I mean, and also, you know, there's a lot of science now that backs us, backs up uh, all this information, you know, whether we're talking about auric fields or energy, quantum physics, you name it, there's, there's actually proof now that it all exists. So it's not that that woo-woo anymore and I think that you know more and more people are getting drawn to that vortex of really getting to know themselves and getting in touch with that. Yeah, I mean, like for me, one of the tools that, well, one of the things that can happen in a session with me is connecting to people's past lives. And the, to be really honest with you, I don't know if they're completely scientifically 
real, right? But when I tune into certain clients and when I sit with people, I will access whatever is needed to support them in that moment because I'm not in any judgment. I'm not trying to be somebody. I genuinely am showing up with people and saying, what is going on? Where are you stuck and how can I support you to keep evolving or to find those places of peace and happiness, real peace, not like peace based in the external. So I'm willing in each moment to access whatever is necessary to support people to open up to live more fully. So sometimes past lives will come in and I can see there'll be things that people are experiencing in their current reality that makes no sense. They've gone to therapy, they've inquired through they've looked at its childhood it's this and that and then they're still stuck with these irrational fears or blockages they cannot make sense of and they keep hitting this wall and so you know there's been so many people I've sat with where we've accessed a past life they might not even believe it they're not even looking for that and yet it makes sense and you can see that it starts to open something up where they can go oh well maybe it's not just me maybe it's not my mother and my father like my you know therapist said or that event when I was six maybe it started before and so for me using these tools these esoteric witchy you know for one of a better word tools it's so practical Catherine like to me I just don't understand why people would fear these things when they when I have seen time and time again people's lives open up and feel joy you know, through working on these levels. So, yeah, I'm hoping it becomes more normal because to me, truthfully, it is normal. It's as normal as going to the GP for a sore knee. You go and take care. And wisdom to me is knowing when to use what. You know, sometimes naturopaths are the only way to go. But if you broke a bone, you're not going to go to the witch doctor. You'll go to the surgeon who can fix it or the emergency, but there are times when we need all sorts of medicines and healers. And and the thing is, if we can get out of our judgment of what's right and wrong and go beyond all of that, we can access all the tools we all need. So, yeah, I'm really passionate about that, actually. It comes out in the way that you are, you speak, and it's true. You know, we do have all those resources that we can heal ourselves because time and time and again we read about it and, you know, and people talk about it all the time that people have, you know, uh, you know, very sick over, you know, cancer or something like that and then they've healed themselves just by, you know, creating that shift in mindset mm-hmm. and energy and it's had an onflow effect in their physical body. So I truly believe that. So, Paula, what drives you? I mean, like you said, you're really passionate, but what's your driver? What makes you do what you do? Okay, well, there's two levels. One is it, 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 it really has taken me. Like it, on one level in this life, it felt like this was my destiny. And it was something, as I shared earlier, that I tried to resist. I wanted to be normal, fitting into mainstream society. Yeah, I wanted to just, I mean, I have three amazing kids and I wanted to be a psychologist and I knew I was here to help people. So, um, so it feels like a force within my being that took over at a point and I just kind of gave up and said, all right, I'm doing this. So there was a, a level of surrender. So that drives me. But when I say that drives me, when I wake up in the morning, if I don't do this release of helping people and communicating and sharing with people, it, it will get stuck in me and I end up feeling very unbalanced and unhappy. But then to go to another level 
what drives me, honestly, it sounds wishy-washy on one level, but it's to help people be happy and to find peace and to blast out all of their concepts and the conditioning of childhood and culture and society and to really reconnect with their, their true nature, which is God. And I don't mean the Christian God, but I use that word because it's what we all understand at some level we can agree that that is you know, the essence that moves through all of us. I want people to feel that again because I know that when people reconnect with their true nature, they will access the right healer. They will love their families. They will be kind. They will show up in the world in another way. That's what drives me and that's my own personal practice. My work ultimately is myself and then from there I share with people. Wow. So, yeah. I've got goosebumps here. Uh, so what's the best part of what you do? Like do you, um, obviously you must. it must be so uh, rewarding, you know, daily because, I mean, like I've, I know with myself I've had the experience with you and, you know, I was, I was very grateful for the conversation that we had and I was grateful for what I heard because I really needed to, to, to hear it. And, and you just say it's so raw as well. There's no... You don't, you know, you don't soften it. You just say it as it is, which is, I love it. You just channel this information through. So um, how do you, what do you get out of it? Like what's the best part of what you do apart from the energy side of things and helping people? What else do you get from this? Well, so much. Okay, so one thing, when I sit with somebody and I really, really share I actually have so many moments, Catherine, where the information that's coming through just, I mean, I learn from it. And and ultimately in these exchanges with people, I'm growing all of the time. You know, I'm learning so much. I'm connecting in with people from all over the world um, because I do a lot of my work via Skype. And I'm really seeing that we are all in this together, that we are all Every every person, and I know we've all heard this a million times, but I've actually felt it that every single person on the planet has their own story, has their own trouble, every culture, every demographic, every level. You know, we are all dealing with the same thing. And I've definitely got my history and my past and my tales to tell and my own skeletons in my closet. And so for me, on a very selfish level, sitting with thousands of people I've really realized that I'm not alone we're not alone we're all in this together and that being there for another is just the most beautiful experience like when I really see somebody when I see that moment in 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 a session and I feel when somebody's let go a little bit more and they reach that place where you know what it's actually all okay um, that's that's the magic you know that 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 helps me remember that it's all okay. So on one level, you know, whenever I sit with somebody, it's it's really for me, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's super rewarding. And you said something really interesting, which quite often, and we've talked about gurus, and 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 it's uh, what I find is when you know you look at some of the gurus that we've spoken about as well. Isn't it interesting that they have had some really tough times growing up, and it's almost like you say you say everyone's got a story, but it's almost like the the the, the the most hardest times or the most difficult times in their life seems to be somehow or in some way enlightening um, as they progress in life. Do you, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's, for me, one of the biggest 
places where I come from when I sit with people is to attempt, you know, to take people out of duality, out of the right and the wrong, to that place where they just see that it's not all good, it's not all bad, it's all God, it's all energy moving through the field that in my experience and how I see it, that at every level there is good and bad, every level, whether it's at the, the, the micro or the macro. And so as we evolve in our own journey, we will start to notice more and more that in every moment it's the yin-yang symbol, you know, it's playing out. It's playing out. So you can't get just caught in, oh, woe is me, everything was horrible and easily don't get stuck in it's all good and da, da, da. it's like it's wholeness, you know, it's always all happening. And so, yeah, for people that have had huge struggle, you know, there is always the the equal uh, um, opportunity and potential for greatness in that, always, every time. And when people really start to feel that, that's when they know real peace. They let go. Yeah, it reminds me of, um, I remember once one of my teachers uh, once said to me that life is like when you're talking about the yin and yang, life is depending on which side we lean towards. So if you can imagine your life walking through a tightrope and you have the black bird in one hand and the white bird in the other hand, and it's the yin and yang symbol. So whether you call it positive, negative, whatever that may be, they are polarities. And it depends on which way we lean towards it will be the one that consumes us because obviously we'll fall off our tightrope and we can fall and become uh, overwhelmed by whatever that is. So it's about remaining in balance and acknowledging that they both exist but don't lean towards them. I agree. It's To me, the purity is in your wholeness. A lot of, you know, your purity is when you are embracing your shadow and your light, you are both and you are the space that it moves between. It's not about going to make all your shadow the light and it's not about just being focused on shadow. It's not, it's the wholeness, what you're saying. This, you know, like it's not even about leaning for me. It's that I am the space that it all moves through. I don't get caught in either. Yes. I have moments but I know, I know I'm more than that and that's when you can know real peace and real joy. Because yeah. you're not trying, you're not running from something, you're running towards something. You're just, you know, this is life moving through. It's all energy. The yin yang symbol is to me like a, a symbol of the law that this reality is hardwired in. You know, it's like when you get that, you, I don't know, life becomes a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, oh, look, I have to agree with you. And it's interesting that you're saying that because it is all about wholeness. And it is, um, it's, so for me, when, when you're talking about the shadow side, when I hear myself or I see myself, uh, you know, say something about or, you know, or point out something externally of myself that I might go, oh, I, I, I wouldn't dare do that or whatever that may be, then I look at that as that's my shadow aspect of me. So I, for me, I embrace that to, to make it as it's whole, that it is all one. It's not uh, I'm trying to explain it the best way possible here. Um, yeah, when, when it shows up and show, when I talk about the shadow side, it could be anything. It could be that um, you may look at something and, you know, as simple as I, um, I yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I can't, I can't explain just off the top of my head. But when I, I see things, I own stuff, and I, I know that's my shadow side playing. Yeah. If I say, "Oh my god, that person is a egotistic," or "Oh my god, that person is is whatever that may be," then I think, what aspect of me, or where inside of me, do do does this belong, and really mm-hmm. own it. And I think yeah. that's where then once you own it and you can embrace it, that's when you can become uh, at peace with it. Like you're saying, you're allowing that energy to flow through and it becomes mm. that wholeness, not just the black and the white. Absolutely. I agree with you 200%. It's not about, but for me, like Catherine, even more, it's even becoming wider than that where it's not about I have to claim the egotistical side of me because even in that for some people, that then tips them into judging themselves oh I'm egotistical with me it's like no come out even further it's all just energy like no judgment and I'm not saying you were judging it in that moment I just know when I've sat with people when they start to claim their shadow if they're not aware that it's all God they can get caught in another like tricky layer of of judgment and being caught in duality but yeah it's it's a it's a I mean I'm not fully there I definitely have moments where I'm much more in one than the other for sure and um so for me it's a it's a constant practice oh absolutely and i'm not fully there either i think i'll be constantly practicing and uh, until the the day i die (laughs) yeah yeah so paula with the benefits of hindsight what would you have done differently in your life or career do you know what honestly at this point i have to say nothing because i really I mean, there's a million things that I could sit there and process and go, well, da, 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 and if and would. And the truth is, I really, there's nothing I would do differently, Catherine. I can see that I'm at a point now where I can see it's all been moving towards something, that it, the negative and the positive is all perfectly set up, you know, to, to be in this moment. Oh, what a great response. I love that. So, Paula, with um, what was the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Um, so many things, of course. Uh, um, but one thing that really stands out to share today is uh, somebody, a dear friend, said to me once, your bank account is a direct reflection of how much you are showing up in the world. And that, that you know, there was that had so many different deeper levels of teachings but what I really took from that was not how much can you go out and say hi I'm here look at me look at me I'm this is my marketing and this is my shop and this is what I'm offering like I'm out I'm out or the other flip side which is you know oh can I give you that can I do that for you can I give 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 like it's not about showing up from the ego but how much am I bringing forth that which is within me and so I've experimented with this, Catherine. Like I don't have a big website and a big marketing thing, but I'm busy all of the time because I've genuinely practiced and explored these concepts and worked with these energies. And the more I give, the more I show up, the more I'm present with you in this moment, the more I bring and let go of my fears and insecurities and my ego or my desire to say the right things to you today or impress the people the more I can let all of that go I can show up more and people will feel that and they will want to connect you know like I've even joked with one of my friends she's amazing a woman in branding and I've said maybe we should start psychic marketing you know where um where 
teaching people how to become the right energy and they don't even need to brand it. So that's a that's a funny little thing. But yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, I we do we do neuromarketing. So we use we tap oh, into the Yeah, yeah. So absolutely get it. And it does work because the brain well it's a similar it's, I mean the brain energy, it's all the same when you think about your thoughts and, and your energy, it's it's derived from your thinking. Um but neuromarketing is how the brain um, uh, captures information, what drives the brain, what what does mm. the brain look for. So, yeah, I think that would be perfect. Energy yeah. marketing. Yeah. Well, it's really to me, you know, I've noticed that the more I show up in each moment, which to me is a process of dissolving the ego and awakening to my true nature, the busier I get, my bank account goes up. It's not about trying to get the bank account to go, it's becoming that. So, yeah, that was one of the most incredible pieces of advice, yeah, that I've received. It's helped me a lot. I love that. And it makes me think of Stephen Covey. It talks about um, uh, the emotional bank account. If you think about what we do, what do we do with our bank accounts? We have, uh, we either deposit or withdraw. So what you're talking about, the more that you put your emotions and your energy into it, that is how you fill your your bank account. So on an emotional level, so it's that energy that you're putting into your bank account. Yeah, and for me, it's more and deeper levels of it is the more I'm I'm really showing up, like being with others and being present in each moment and bringing forth that which is within me, that's, that's you know, the deeper, deeper levels. And it really can, it's, again, it's, it's the practice, isn't it? It's like I, I'm getting like it's almost like you've got to get out of your way and just allow mm. it to flow through because we become the obstacle. Absolutely. It's exactly it, yeah. Yeah, love it. So, Paula, what's the greatest lesson that you have ever learnt? Well, um, that it's it's actually all God. It's not good. It's not bad. That, as I've spoken about already today, has been a phenomenal piece for me to deal with my own shadow and to really go beyond that suffering of judgment, you know, to really see the perfection at work here that, you know, there are energies playing out and, and I am the product of that, you know. So for me, the yeah. I, that's all God. Like it sounds wishy-washy, but it's you know, as you can see, like I'm sharing, there's so many layers to that. But to put it in a nutshell, yeah, that it's it's all God. Yeah, and I think we were saying that before we got onto the show. We were talking about labels. It's just a label, isn't it? Whether and and once again, even calling it your shadow, um, you know, and I'm sure some you know p- people listening going, oh, hang on a minute, isn't shadow the dark side? Isn't that your ego side? You know, once again, it's just putting labels on things, and it's yeah. it, we've just got to let go of the labels and just allow it to flow through. Yeah, it's just like the yin yang symbol just speaks to it. It's just energy moving together. It's it's um yeah, I agree. The labels are not necessary. That's when we get caught in the judgment. Yeah, and as you're saying that because um, I'm a visual person of course, I can see that the balance it's just coming to me now. The actual balance between the yin and yang, it's not about sitting in the balance, it's about the two uniting and becoming one. Mm. And that doesn't that's, have yeah, to be separate. We, no, we are the circle around it. We are we are the space that it moves through. That's the thing. And when people can, people that really live that, you see, they're just happy. <laughs> they have real peace. They're not running from the pain and looking for a good thing anymore. They accept that it's actually all 
pure consciousness, divine yeah. reality, whatever you want to call it, God, they accept that. Yeah, that's mm. amazing. So, Paula, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, okay. My younger self, I would definitely say that to her that she is much, much more than she realises and that it's all okay, you know, <laughs> really just, yeah, yeah, that simple. I love it. You so you, you seem so. Uh, every time I speak uh, with you, I feel really calm, and you know, and I feel like you are so connected with everything around you that you don't seem to worry about anything. I mean, do you worry about things? Does anything keep you up at night? Wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> really? I worry about. Yeah, absolutely. I have worries, but the difference now is that there's still things that I worry about, my children, um, my health. Like there's still things. I've got, I mean, I worry about people, lots of things. But the difference is I don't argue with that. I don't feed it. I see it for what it is. I let it come up and it dissolves. There are definitely times when it takes me longer than it used to, like it'll stick around. Uh, it takes me, it doesn't last as long as it used to. Uh, but, but as I've realized more and more of my true nature, I, I've realized that these are just, oh, yeah, they're just energies that are coming up that as I've more, okay, as I become more and more of this, this pure awareness that I know that I am, it dissolves. It just keeps dissolving. So I don't try to go to a place where I have no fear and no worry. Because that's not possible. I've really accepted that while you're in a human form, you're going to have things that are fearful and worry. That is the whole thing. We cannot ever, I believe, have an experience where that's not happening. But the, the gig is to realize that we are not those thoughts. Yeah. yeah. And over time they do dissolve. But one thing, if there's nothing keeps me up at night, like I sleep really well because I've, you know, really done the inner work and really you know, committed myself to finding real peace for myself and therefore others. But there's one thing, Catherine, that I that would keep me up at night is that have I actually awoken to my maximum potential and experience in this life? How far have I how far have I gone with that? And yeah, that's what keeps that's what would keep me up at night if I was that way inclined. And one point that you just brought up when you were talking about it, Dissolve, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. So, you know, say you worry, you pick up, you connect with, okay, this is a worry. How do you make it dissolve? Do you just let go of it, not give it any energy, not think about it? Like what's your trick? Well, okay, that's a hard one because it's not, okay, I, okay, I know what you're saying. So in a moment, if I've got a worry coming up, I remember that I am not that thought and I will become the space that it's happening within yeah so mm. I don't try to get rid of these thoughts that actually is going to keep you spinning trying to get rid of it because then you know the, the thing is at that point you're in judgment you're judging the thought by trying to get rid of it to get rid of something means we've judged it as wrong or bad and it's got to go so you're caught you're spun in duality so when I come back out what I do is when those thoughts come up they're there I don't go in, but I don't run away. I let it be there. And then I, I mean, I personally have a lot of my own practices that I am doing regularly. Um, I'm awakening to my own true nature. I'm, I'm really 
doing the inner work, which over time supports that. But in a moment, I will remember this is my mind. This is not who I really am. I am so much more. And I surrender myself back out. And then the thought will either dissolve straight away or it will hang around for a bit, but it it moves quicker and quicker and quicker. Yeah, and I, I love being the observer of my mind. I always, I'm yeah. still practicing that. I haven't perfected it yet, but being the observer of my mind, I think that helps surrendering to your thoughts, not giving it a label, not saying yeah. this is good or this is bad, just allow them to pass through. Yeah. Okay. So, Paul, who has been your greatest influence? Oh, <laughs> um, honestly, so many people. And, and I really could not say there's been a greatest because the truth is that each chapter of my life with each piece that played out, I would always have incredible teachers show up. And ultimately, you know, what I'd love to share with people is to let life influence you. Like the teachers are there in every single moment, every interaction. When you get on the bus, when you go to the store, like Everybody is reflecting back to you your current state of consciousness. So the the teacher, the guru is always present. Sometimes it'll manifest as a person, sometimes as a book, sometimes as an email, sometimes as a you know, a YouTube interview. It it's it's always there. And so for me, I can't say there's been one. I honestly can't. I'm not trying to be, oh, I don't want to make it one. I really can't. Yeah, I love that. You know, and I think we I was having a conversation with my husband actually just probably about a couple of weeks ago that you know your guru or teacher always shows up at the right time and I never stick like with me throughout my time I've had many mentors teachers gurus whatever you would like to call them but I never stick to one I feel that there's always a lot you know it there's a time where it's it's time to let go and move on because I feel that you know if you stick to one it's almost like you don't allow yourself to experience or expand with other teachings yeah, like I really believe where consciousness is evolving. I really believe that. And, you know, Caroline Mace is one of my, my favourite, you know, teachers. And she she talks about the, the mystics without monasteries and how um, we live in a time, she actually speaks about this the best in my opinion, we live in a time where we're dealing with all the psychic energy, but we, we we can't go off to the ashram and dedicate our lives to one guru. You know, who knows, maybe we've done that for lifetimes and now it's time. You know, particularly um, women and men of the West, you know, we're, we're living in a space where our lives are more full. We can't run off and spend two years in a monastery. It's not practical. So, you know, we're, we're accessing these incredible masters, gurus, teachers, like, you know, you shared in so many different forms. And we have YouTube. We can listen to the teachers that have passed, that have been, you know, recorded. We can access it everywhere. And and then there are some people that have that one teacher, and I believe that's unique and that's their karma. But ultimately, the guru is within. That's what they teach in the East. The guru is within. And it will, like I said, manifest in multiple forms. And, and I agree there's a time to surrender and then there's a time to say I've received all that you had for me and you can leave those teachers with grace not making them wrong not making them bad just that deep graceful wisdom and acceptance that oh so we we're finished now thank you 
Absolutely. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. And, and you, you've always been grateful for the lessons uh, that I've learned throughout. Uh, some amazing mentors. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. So, Paul, if you had to pick one word that best describes your personal brand, what would that be? Oh, I have to say compassion. Oh, I love it. Yes, I can yeah. see that. Compassion, absolutely. And so as we always do, as we wrap up the show, we always ask our beautiful, um, inspiring women to give our listeners three golden nuggets. So what three golden nuggets would you like to give our listeners today? Okay, so what I'm, what I'm going to share is what I, my, my daily practice, I guess. So, you know, um, the first thing is to be kind be kind to people, be as kind as you can. And if you're in a moment where you cannot be kind, be kind to yourself because we are going to screw that up, you know, all of us. So for me, kindness is really such a understated word. Like it's just there's something about just being kind at all times, being kind with yourself and others. Um, the second one is to have a daily practice I don't care what it is personally. I don't care what people do. Even if you just sit and light an incense stick for five minutes and just, you know, you just bring yourself daily to a space where you're bringing your focus to the fact that you're here, you take a breath, you know, set up an altar. doesn't have to be anything woo-woo. People don't even need to know it's an altar. I can just have a beautiful picture of the ones you love, a crystal, and I always buy everywhere I go, Catherine, I get fresh flowers and I put it next to my, I have my little travel altar that I take everywhere with me just to remind myself what this is really all about, you know, and it just brings me to a, a point of focus. So definitely that's the second one, a daily practice and an altar. And the third one, and this is something I do as much as I can, is to sit with my own death. And that is helping me to live because I as much as I can. I can't say I do this every day. I'm not going to lie. I do it as much as I can. I mean, at least once, twice a week where I'll just check in. If I died right now, what is unfinished? What can I take care of? Have I shown up for others as much as I, I know I have the capacity to? Where am I at with my kids? Where am I at with myself? If I really died, what would I regret and take care of it? So. They're my three nuggets for people. Wow, Paula, they're amazing. I love, I, I used to once upon a time buy myself flowers every week and I've stopped doing that now for years. Isn't that interesting? And as you said that, I thought, oh my gosh, I haven't done that for myself for such a long time. Which brings me to this question, Paula. What do you do for yourself? Because you're very giving and it's all about everybody else and it's because you and I are very similar in that way but um, it's, it's, it's also... Uh, you know, what are you doing for yourself? It, it's got to be kind of an equal, otherwise you become, um, you know, exhausted, I guess, if you keep giving yourself and giving yourself or giving yourself. What do you do for you? Absolutely. I, um, so I have my, I have my support. I have, a, uh, I have people that I go to. I definitely have people that do what I do that I go to. So I definitely go and receive what I give. Um, I have incredible friends and women and men around me that 
that see me and nurture me when I need it. So I really know how to receive, like I really do. There's definitely been points in doing this work where I just gave, 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 and I think we all have to push everything to the edge and go, okay, that's too much. But what's happened is I'm doing the the inner work and I'm realising my own true nature more and more is that I actually get, honestly, truly get a lot from sitting with people. Um, I get energised by that. So, you know, it's, it honestly isn't a drain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I definitely have my own personal practices and I go and do um, retreats. I go and spend time with Tibetan Buddhist monks in a monastery in southern India where I sit and I do um, really deep inner work as part of my, my own uh, inner work, uh, nourishment. And, um, yeah, that really supports me a lot. So, yeah, and, and yeah, and I just, I really, I sleep well, you know, I do exercise and I don't push myself. I, I walk and, and I eat good food. Like I take care of myself. It's actually really easy. Yeah. On a level. I love course. that. Yeah. I can relate to it. I, I feel energized too, but a really, really good friend of mine today said something, which was, she said to me, you only give what's overflowing from your cup. Um, oh, and she was yeah. saying to me that you always give so much, so much, so much. And we've had this conversation actually. So what is it that we do for ourselves? Because we are very much givers. We want to, you know, like transform the planet and transform human beings and, you know, but what are we actually doing for ourselves? And it's it's that it's that balance, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I just love, and I won't quote this exactly um, word for word correctly, but Rumi has a, um, uh, the Sufis say that there are as many paths to God as there are souls and you know there's no one way and it's really just finding what nourishes you and what works for you I mean I have my path and and if I shared that with people I I could never say go do this and it will work for you you know it's really you've got to find your things because what nourishes me is sitting and doing three weeks of meditation and internal deep inner work that wouldn't nourish somebody else but it doesn't mean that what I do is better. It's just what works for me. Absolutely. So, and that fills my cup so that it does runneth over because I tell you what, and I know you're the same, Catherine, we've worked at pouring out of an empty cup and it just, just it destroys you. Yes, yes. So, yeah, I agree. That's cool, yeah. Absolutely. So, Paul, how can our listeners find you? Oh, okay. So um, through my website, which is www.soulful, S-O-U-L-F-U-L, guiding, G-U-I-D-I-N-G.com. Um, and there's just a really simple form there that they can just contact me and reach out to me. And I run most of my sessions via Skype, so I'm always available, you know, um, pretty much for that. And then I'm mainly based in um in Ubud in Bali at this stage but yeah so I highly recommend uh, for those that are listening to check out Paula uh she will blow your mind probably the best way to describe it uh Paula thank you so much for coming on the show it's been such a pleasure having this conversation and one that we don't have enough I think yeah likewise love seriously I really enjoyed this time with you and sharing with you and so easy to connect with you (laughs) Catherine I love it Thank you. Love you lots. So you take care and we'll speak to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
That brings us to the end of the show. If you have any questions, please send us an email to jennifer at iamwomanproject.com.au or Twitter at iamwomanproject and we will get right back to you. If you were listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you leave a review or rating about the show. We would love to hear your thoughts. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please take care.